0: Craig, we do
1: not hear you. Do you hear me now?
0: I hear you now, Craig.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to have to go back through this whole thing again. Huh?
0: Yes, please do. <laughs> All
1: right. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous: A Vision for You, Big Book Study. My name is Craig F and I'm a recovered compulsive over overeater. Recovered compulsive overeater. Today is January the what? The twenty-first uh and uh, uh of ni- uh, twenty nineteen. Today we're reading from the big book, uh and we are uh at page triple X, uh and starting with um, the uh, where are we? Um I'm a little disorganized because I'm not in my right place. Uh, The the only um, no. Anyway, we're on page triple X, and I've already said it a couple of times. So Um, today's uh, readers are uh, Kathy R. uh, No, today's readers are Lisa B., Jen A., and Lauren N. The reference number for the previous date I'll give you in a minute. I forgot to write that down. Um, And uh, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. Um, We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees uh, for members. We are self-supporting their own contributions, neither soliciting uh, nor accepting outside contributions. Uh, OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating uh, and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery Uh, through the 12 steps to those who still suffer. Um, The uh, uh, share ID for Sunday yesterday was, uh, uh, January 20th was 12,440. Somebody's not muted. Um, Always uh, fifth tradition state that uh, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. The Division for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover from abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I will now ask um, Kathy R. to read the 12 traditions. Oh, it's backwards. I'll now ask, uh, I'm sorry, I'll now ask Renee A. to read the 12 steps.
2: This is Kathy R. I am a compulsive overeater in recovery today, and I think I was supposed to read the steps. Number one, yes, we sure. admitted we, I'm sorry. <laughs> Number one, we admitted we were powerless over our food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Craig, and have a great day.
1: All right, thank you very much. Okay, uh, next we're gonna have um, uh, Renee A. read the 12 traditions. Renee?
3: Good morning, Um, this is Renee A., recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first, Have a great day, everybody. I pass.
1: Thank you, Renee. Um, Good job. Um, Okay, Uh, our meeting uh, focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We'll read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinence requirements for moderator is one year and for readers is six months. There are no abstinence requirements for sharing on topic. The meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To To share, press star one, unmute once you're done sharing Let let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted today we resume our uh, reading uh, through our study of the big book um, on page triple X and um, the uh, uh, it starts out the uh, only I, I I can't read my own writing, I'm sorry, but is we're reading four paragraphs ending with uh, the only um uh solution we have to offer is total complete abstinence, I believe. Um so um our first reader this morning is Lisa B. Uh Lisa, will you take us away please?
4: Yes, good morning, Craig, and thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. The classification of alcoholics seems most difficult and in much detail is outside the scope of this book. There are, of course, the psychopaths who are emotionally unstable. We are all familiar with this type. They are always going on the wagon for keeps. They are over-remorseful and make many resolutions, but never a decision. There is a the type of man who is unwilling to admit that he cannot take a drink. He plans various ways of drinking. He changes his brand or his environment. There is the type who always believes that after being entirely free from alcohol for a period of time, he can take a drink without danger. There is the manic depressive type who is perhaps the least understood by his friends and about whom a whole chapter could be written. Then there are types entirely normal in every respect, except in the effect alcohol has upon them. They are often able, intelligent, friendly people. All these and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomena of craving. This phenomenon, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. It has never been by any treatment with which we are familiar permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence." Well, I have to look at what Dr. Silkworth is saying here. He's saying that um, the classification may be difficult and in much detail is outside the scope of this book. So I really don't need to spend a lot of time you know, looking at it, I, I just he gives kind of a brief overview, and you know, for the longest time, I wanted to believe that I was just the one that was entirely normal, but now I see that really I'm a little bit of all of these things as an untreated, unrecovered compulsive overeater. I could really identify with being emotionally unstable, and going on the wagons for keep. You know, getting in enough pain and saying, "Oh, I'll never do that again," but I am unable to then recall the the suffering you know that I suffered um, maybe just a few days ago or a few weeks ago and in some instances a few months ago and I'll think that this time it will be different you know this time I'll be able to handle it or I'll just um, avoid that type of food and I'll only go to a you know I'll try a new food plan like going on gluten-free or organic or eating things in whole foods you know things like that. And always being over remorseful making many resolutions but never a decision and I love how he says never a decision and of course makes me think of the third step decision which is the decision to go forward with the steps and get recovered but I can't get there unless I have a very clear understanding of my step one experience you know and then there's the type who is unwilling to admit that I can't take a drink and I lived like that for a long time And, you know, this illness is very patient, and it will just wait, and it will let me think that I'm okay, I've got this. And then it digs its claws into me so deep that then I'm really stuck and unable to extract myself from it. And that can take a while, you know, for some people to get to that place. And then there's the manic depressive type who feels so misunderstood um, and maybe doesn't have people understanding them, and a whole chapter could be written on that. But, you know, I love how he says, he gets to the crux of this, which is the only relief I have to suggest is entire abstinence. Until I have that, I'm not going to be able to understand and accept, you know, what this book is offering me. I don't need to overcomplicate it, overthink it, and think, which category am I? I just need to clearly see, you know, who and what I am. And I have to decide for myself and there are many places in the book that help me see what a real compulsive overeater is, just like there's many places in the book that help me see what a real recovered person is. So um with that I pass. Thank you.
1: Okay, thank you, Lisa. All right, now we're gonna um take three minute pitches and um uh, so if you I'm a little discombobulated this morning, so if you'll be kind to me and Try to say your name once and clearly. This is Charles,
5: uh, H. Katie, I Charles H.
6: Katie D R Boston. Katie D. I got Charles
1: H. Up. I got Carl Charles H and Katie, Katie G, I think in Boston. And I got like, Leia. Debbie. is
7: Larry.
1: Larry Larry Kick. I got and a Jason Larry. and a Larry.
8: Like Debbie right. E. B.
1: I Kim heard G Debbie.
0: The
8: R- e.
1: Debbie. Wait a minute. Let's 3K. stop. Here's what here here's the lineup I have. I've got Charles, uh Katie G from Boston. I've got Leah, Debbie, I have Jason, Larry, Debbie, and Kim G. And then we're gonna go with that lineup for now. So uh let's uh, uh let's get started. Charles, it's your turn.
5: Thank you very much, Craig. and and I just wanna say that. I love you, and your discombobulate is, is just amazing because you are an amazing, special man in my life, and I thank you for investing in me. Charles H., I'm a recovered, compulsive overeater. Just got back on a red eye, and um, there's no doubt about it that I'm type one. I don't care how recovered I think I am. I'm emotionally unstable, and I'm going to share with you that, you know, um, me and my mother, we are... We, uh, we bump heads, and I haven't spoken to her, and I'm, and I'm ashamed to say this. I haven't spoken to her since 2018 in November, and I'm emotionally unstable. That woman brought me into this world, and uh, I'm, you know, as tired as I am, as cold as it is in New York, um, I'm going straight to go see her, I'm, um, and I'm just going, I'm going a, I'm to a cry on the shoulder and be like, Mom, I'm, I'm so sorry, and I love you for bringing me in this world. I am so grateful that she is alive. And I'm so grateful for the time that we had. And I'm so grateful to be able to say that I only went to two meetings. Um, the closer closed it and killed it, killed the disease. And I went to the Ebony meeting. And we were able to, let's say this, the, uh, that 1% is going to jump up a little bit. Amen. And, and um, I'm emotionally unstable. I'm a type 1 compulsive overeater. I had type 2 diabetes, but I'm a type 1 compulsive overeater every single day. At 12.01, I turn into a pumpkin. And we had, a, we, we had so many meetings outside of the rooms, on the beach, in the hot tub, in the conference areas, outside the rooms. And I, I got to find out who, wh- what your favorite color is, what your hobbies are, I got to find out um, that I love all of you guys. And I'm going to leave some time on the clock. And um, I don't know where Russ is, but love yous. And I pass.
1: Okay, thanks, Charles. Uh, next, we have uh, Katie G from Boston.
8: Good
9: morning, Good morning, myself. Katie G. We're covering Boston. I went through the steps again this year, which I try and do every year. And and this time I saw myself, like a, a previous speaker said, in every single one, absolutely making many resolutions, which is like a statement of hope, but never a decision, which is exertion followed by action. I've never, I, I, I would change my brand, my environment. And manic depression, like being so high. And um, manic, actually, I looked up was like, being um, t- totally preoccupied with something, totally preoccupied with like, I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna be a swimmer, or this is gonna be my identity, I'm gonna be, and it's gonna change me, and it's gonna take this disease away, right? And then, oh yeah, I'm entirely normal, but you know, I, <laughs> I'm i not entirely normal. I, <laughs> I can be able, intelligent, and friendly for maybe five minutes, except for when I'm recovered, and thank you, God, I'm learning that. Um, but I love the verbiage that he uses, right? So I'm I'm different. I'm never going to be normal, and, and and it has never been permanently eradicated, which is not like removed. Eradicated literally means abolish, annihilate, blackout, efface, exterminate, extirpate, liquidate, obliterate, root out. Oh, so and the reason really. Um, that's so important blood 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 for
10: blood. me. Striking like okay. a demon. I was about my third, third. And a strike about it, shoot a load you, of them affordable. You know I mean? And uh, she.
9: Okay. All right. Can I still be heard? Uh, yeah. No.
1: Yeah. You, you, you can be heard. Uh, uh, there's okay. really sick guys on here. So. Yeah,
9: that's Mentally okay.
1: ill, aren't you? Yeah. Sorry.
9: Okay. All right. God bless you. All right. So permanently eradicated means to pull up by the roots. And how many times have I tried to permanently eradicate with laxatives, Ipecac, what I thought was the problem. Like I try and permanently eradicate you from my life. I try and permanently eradicate the disease um, and it can't be done. And, and I'll just close, like the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. And it was it was taught to me today that like, that freedom isn't free and it's interesting. That he's saying relief which is like a sense of ease and comfort so so we start with entire abstinence but i don't get freedom unless i do the steps and i think that's very important like freedom for me means practicing the willingness to bear discomfort relief is like okay this is my starting point and i can i can step up from here you know so i just love that i can identify in with all of them and more importantly, I love that I can identify in with the solution. Entire abstinence giving me relief. And then these 12 steps, which aren't free, but they are giving me freedom, which is just beyond my wildest dreams. And God bless us all. With that, I pass.
1: Okay, thank you, Katie G. Next, I had a layer W. Did I get that wrong? Is there a layer W um, available?
11: Could it be Magdalena W?
1: It it very well could. Magdalena probably was. Will you go ahead? That was suggested to me that I got that wrong. Okay. Thank Magdalena you. W, go ahead.
11: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, gosh. I wasn't expecting to share now. So um, it's really good for me to read this um, because when I came... I haven't been in a food fellowship. I've been in just just over a year. And I didn't really want to admit that I was bodily and mentally different from my fellows. And it was easy for me to pretend that I wasn't because I had a normal body weight. But deep down, I knew that I was abnormal around food. And um, although I'd read the big book in another... Fellowship. i hadn't read this part and i hadn't focused on this part so when when it classifies alcoholics here it really spoke to me a year ago so you know the psychopath that's emotionally unstable you know i take that to be the person who's has a sickness in the psyche that's me yeah as other people have said finding my own solutions and managing to control and find my own solutions over many, many years of my life, so many years, Uh, making resolutions. I always wanted to be normal. I wanted to go out and have cream teas with everybody else and just, I went to a lot of pains for everyone to think that I was normal and people would say, gosh, you're so slim and you can eat this. And I got a real kick out of that. But deep inside there was me living a lie because the secret was that I knew I wasn't normal. I would go home and I'd maybe have a binge or um and I'd just feel so wrong around food, so completely not normal with food. And um I am not the type yeah, I'm not the type that's entirely normal in every respect. Um, you know, this is a an illness that I have not just with food it's on the mental emotional and spiritual plane and i know that i need a spiritual solution for it not just a food solution and um, i can say a year on in food fellowship that with working the steps that i have i've got sanity around food it's a miracle i've said it before a few times lately but it is quite a miracle to me that i don't really think about food so for 62 years of my life, I've thought about food nonstop. And for the last year, well, for the last, since I've been in a vision, for the last six months, that has gone. And I just eat the meals I'm supposed to eat. And, uh, yeah, my personal miracle. Um, so I'm very grateful to a vision and to all of you. And thank you for letting me share. I will pass.
1: Thank you, Magdalene. I appreciate it. Uh, Jason, uh, I think it was Jason K, or you're up.
10: Hey, Greg. Uh Thanks for your service. This is uh, Jason S. from Colma, uh, okay. Alberta, Canada. Um, I'm just going to start my time here. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I can. Uh, look at these paragraphs and see a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I'm kind of nervous about sharing on the line, so bear with me. Um, emotionally unstable. Um, you know, I'm, I met a lot of people this weekend, and uh, I think how I can relate with a lot of people is that, uh, you know, with this phenomenon, is that uh, I'm... You know, I have, to, I have to get spiritually connected, and uh, I've had a lot of uh, issues with this emotional instability in my life, you know, um, even in being recovered, and uh, I came to light this weekend, and uh, I can always fall right back into that phenomenon of craving, or... Uh, that mental twist that uh that comes along with it uh, in my disease, and um, you know i was I was looking at this this morning, and I was thinking about that uh um, about Jim in the chapter about uh, more about alcoholism about how um, about how it talks about how he failed to to enlarge his spiritual life and uh you know, uh, for me and even in my recovery, um, I felt like, uh, before this weekend I was failing to enlarge my spiritual life and, uh, you know, that would, uh, get me back into the mental part of my disease. And, uh, so, um, you know, I'm trying to share on this line and, uh, trying to enlarge my spiritual life and trying, trying to, uh. Um, trying to do my best to do the deal, and uh, because uh, I want to surrender and I want to be totally, totally into uh, giving myself to God, and uh, you know, that's how I overcome this phenomenon of craving. You know, I, I have to surrender to, to His will and uh, get over my fears, and uh. You know, talks about here about not being willing to admit things and not being willing, to, like I wouldn't admit that I was, I was powerless over my food. And uh, you know, I have to, I have to be uh, powerless over everything because you know, without God, I, I can't do this alone. And uh, I guess that's probably all I got to share for now. Thanks, Craig.
1: All right, thank you. I love hearing you on the line, Larry K. Your turn. You How things in Chicago?
12: Hey, Craig, they're great in Chicago. It's good seeing you in, in, in L.A. Thanks so much for your service. You. Um, you know, um, what's interesting to me is uh, is is all the the ego defenses that I use to. To try to convince myself that I'm that I'm something different than what I am, and that's really what I hear. And you know, when we look at these different classifications and we look at the self delusion and all those things, you know, in, it, it's really what it reminds me of is is kind of the, the the psychoanalytic theories. You know, these ego defenses, these unconscious processes that I use, to, and and I use them because I want to. Push away that fear and anxiety that, that you know that, that arise when when I when I think that I should be something different and, and and I and they come into conflict with who I really am and that's difficult and while I cannot escape from these these ego defenses right this whole program is about um, you know the diffusion of, of ego the reduction of ego. And I can't escape these ego defenses. God created me in a way where I have them, and some of them help me. But I can gain some insight into how I use them. And what this program is about for me is is self-knowledge. It doesn't avail me anything, but I do need to understand who and what I am. And I have to have courage to face who and what I am. And when I have the courage to face who and what I am, I become awakened. I start to become awakened to myself and to the people around me. And then through that process, I become free. I become free. And, you know, I walked around feeling very incongruent because I had a secret, that my secret my whole life was <clears throat> I needed this food. And I didn't understand all the reasons I needed the food day after day, hour after hour. But all I knew was if I could read the book, if I could if I could somehow – process all the different emotions, then I would be different. And that was never true. It was never true. What I needed was to become aligned with a power that wasn't me, that wasn't you. It was something beyond human power. And, you know, today it's interesting because you're, we, we, we become more congruent. Our walk and our talk become more comfortably aligned, not perfectly aligned. never That'll never happen, but more comfortably aligned. And that's, that's how I feel today, and it's a progressive thing. So I know who and what I am. I cannot consume any of my binge alcoholic substances. I know that to my core being. I am a compulsive overeater. I have the twofold nature of this illness, and at the foundation of my problem is selfishness and self-centeredness, and I need God to help me with that every day. And when uh, wrapping up, Craig, when God helped me, helps me with that through this program. I don't want the food anymore, but I had to confront vigorously with courage, confront who and what I am. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank
1: you, Larry. Appreciate it. Uh, Debbie, and I didn't get which Debbie it is. Debbie, are you with us?
12: Is there such a person?
13: Hi, I hope it's Debbie
12: E. Okay,
1: will it will be? Yeah, go ahead, Debbie.
13: It's Debbie E. Can I speak?
1: Yes, go ahead, please.
13: Thank you, Craig. Thank you, everyone, for your service and for sharing. When I read this doctor's opinion, there are three major points that I see that are powerful, clearly written, and really relate to me very much. Number one is, unwilling to admit, and unwilling to admit means denial for me. I've been in the rooms for a long time. I've been reading, going to meetings and reading the big book, and I always said to myself, what am I doing here? How does this relate to me? And this is what it is. Unwilling to admit means denial. Denial is don't even know that I am lying, and I'm lying to myself. It's like the voice inside of me who tells me, you're not here, you're not in the gutter, you're not an alcoholic. What are you doing sitting here? And the voice says to you over and over, I don't talk like that, I'm like that, this is not for me. And yet point number two is they are often able, intelligent, friendly people, which means that this illness affects everybody. And even if I could be successful in a lot of other areas in my life, And thank God I have seen success in this area. I'm really a baby, and I've never grown up from it. And it's not something that I can change. And number three point is they cannot stop drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. Am I willing to see it? Am I willing to honestly look at myself, or am I going to keep so busy with my life and keep going and doing and working and success and everything, that I'm going to push this aside and continue eating on the side and eating and eating until one day it'll hit me like it's done so many people and it's, thank God, I've come to understand it and see it in myself as well, that the denial is only hurting myself. I'm only lying to myself. And the pain is so bad. And I remember... Being a young girl, and we grew up in New York, and my dear grandmother would visit us from Detroit, and she taught me how to make this delicious sweet stuff and know how to roll it out and make layers of it with certain things between and bake it. And when she wasn't in New York with us, I remember how she sent, we got in the mail or somebody brought a big white Macy's box with the stuff in it. And my mother said, let's save it for special occasion. And I remember knowing that that big white box, Macy's box, had in it that sweet stuff, and it was saved. And I laid in bed thinking how it's in the closet in the room next to me. And the intrigue and the secretness of knowing that it's there in that closet. You know how many years ago that is? I'm in my 60s already. And I feel that intrigue and excitement of knowing that something is hidden and it's reflected in so many times in my life when an order would come from the grocery and I hid it in the secret closet. Now, I have to be honest with myself and understand, this is something that is different than the regular person. And even if I am not in the gutter and even if I'm not mentally ill in this area, I have a a certain illness, and reading the doctor's opinion helps me be able to face it. So thank you, everybody, and with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, uh, Debbie. Appreciate it. I'm going to apologize here. I haven't been reading out uh, who's supposed to share uh, ahead. But, G, you're up, so uh, if I give you a second to get on here. Kim G, please.
7: Good morning, Craig. Good morning, everyone. My mm-hmm. name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm driving, so I hope I'm able to be heard. Um, you know, I, I love the way they talk about these different types of alcoholics. But, you know, the thing is that I heard it beautifully described in a special edition recently that we're part of an umbrella fellowship. You know, we all have the same definition of accidents, everyone on this line. We have to obtain from those foods, those ingredients, and those behaviors that create the phenomenon of cravings. However, what those foods, ingredients, and behaviors are 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 gonna be different between us. You know, the consequences, the way that our disease manifests is different. You know, obesity, bulimia, anorexia, and I can tell you as someone who has been obese, has participated in bulimia, and has been underweight, that doesn't change being a compulsive overeater. So what unites us, you know, that one symptom in common, we're part of this distinct entity, that we have this allergy of the body and we have this mental twist. And they're very clearly saying the only relief we have to suggest is entire absence. So what my alcoholic brain locks in is, the a word suggest next to absence, and I think it's suggested. What they're saying, the only relief we have to suggest is entire absence. So for that allergy of the body, the treatment is 100% entire abstinence. And we were told on the page prior that the other part of our mental twist, the release is an entire psychic change, which means I have to work steps one through 12 in order while abstinence and have a spiritual awakening and that mental twist will be removed, and I will no longer want to eat those foods that I am allergic to. So I can tell you as someone who's been in OA since 94, and I've been recovered for eight years, so do the math, that for the first 17 years, what I did is I settled for comfortable misery. You know, I would be in constant withdrawal because I would think that, okay, I'll give up 80% of my binge food, and that's okay. You know, I would work this step until I got relief and then I would go back and do what I wanted to. So what I want to beg of you today, like the big book begs us, is don't settle for comfortable ministry. Don't settle for temporary relief. There is freedom that is offered through these 12 steps. We get freedom from the allergy by not ingesting those foods. And we get freedom from the mental twist by working these steps and making it a way of life. And that has been my experience for the last eight years. And I am not a unique compulsive mode reader. I am a distinct entity. And if it was available to me, it's available to you. And with that, I have.
1: Thank you, Kim. Appreciate it. All right. Now we're going to open up the floor again and, and take some more names. So g- gently, if you can.
14: Mesa the R. There again.
1: Uh, I I, I miss somebody. I've got Nesta an R, and that's it. So. P C. All right. I P C. Leia M. The mo- I got Leia PC. M. Is there, is there? Is there a there? Go ahead.
6: Did
1: you get Candace C? I'm trying to read that C. Who, who was that that said something C? Candace C. I'm still not getting that name, I'm sorry. Uh Candace Oh Candace. Okay. Thanks, Candace. Alright. Right now I have Nessa v. R I have Nessa R, Pete B, Candace C, and Leah M. Monica. Kate B, Laura, is that right? Laura V? Kate B. Kate B. Alright, I'll take Kate B. Who else?
14: Monica
1: C. I got Monica. Thank you, Monica. A little bit of Monica in my line. All right. Um, All right. So here's the lineup I'm going to go with. Nessa R., Pete B., uh, Candace C., Leah M., Kate B., and Monica C. So uh, Nessa R., you're up. Then we'll have Pete.
14: Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So why is the big book, why is Bill telling me all these classifications of, of alcoholics if we all have the same problem, meaning, um, you know, cannot start ingesting our, trigger, our triggers uh, without developing the allergy? And more importantly, we have the same solution, which is entire abstinence. Why do I need to know all this? Why don't we just cut to the chase? And the answer I found in my own experience in that I thought of myself as a very high-functioning. I didn't have, you know, living problems. I excelled in school. Uh, I excelled at my job. You know, for for a while, I'd never been fired. Uh, and that's of course until I got fired. Um so you know my life was was pretty good. I just had this little pesky food and weight problem you know i I was married, I had kids, you know, like I had a normal life, and so the reason why I'm given all these different classifications is so that I can identify it and I can say yes i am I am a compulsive overeater because unless I know to the core of my being that I am a compulsive overeater and then I will die of this disease. There is no way that I'm going to accept the remedy, which starts with entire abstinence. It says here, the only relief we have to suggest relief, but not a cure. Um, So the only way I'm going to accept entire abstinence is if I truly believe that. If I truly believe that I am a compulsive overeater and that this disease will kill me. And so I need to identify in, you know, um, it's, 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 it's very interesting because, you know, if my child has a, an allergy to peanuts, I'm not going to be saying, well, you know, peanuts is, is only the 10th ingredient and it's okay for him to eat it. I, I would keep them as far away as possible from um, from these ingredients, but when it comes to me, you know, like entire abstinence, you know what? Like you know, sugar is a tenth ingredient. It's not a big deal. It's not gonna kill me. And it's true. It may not kill me right away, but it will kill me. And so I need to truly believe that because entire abstinence before recovery, prior to working the steps, um, as it's outlined in the Big Book, in entire abstinence is very uncomfortable. And I have spent my whole entire life eating to avoid discomfort. So if I'm going to accept this remedy of entire abstinence, I need to be convinced that I that I this is the only thing that I can save myself. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Nessa. All right. Next up, we have Pete B going to be followed by Candace C. Pete, take us.
8: Thanks, Greg. Pete B, compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. And, you know, we hear, I, 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 hear a lot, I hear a lot on this line about relating in, relate you know, we relate in. And it's funny, you know, as a compulsive overeater and, you know, going to Overeaters Anonymous, I was always looking, I was always looking, you know, for the, I, I was looking for, um, I was looking at the stories people told as the result of the phenomena of craving as how I related to them right like i would I would hear about you ate like I ate, you did things like i that that I did, so then i then I would relate and but it, it says here the one thing like regardless of where I ate, when I ate, what garbage what food I picked out of the garbage the- the the thing that we are all supposed to have in common, the thing that defines me as a composer over eater is the fact that I have this phenomena of craving, right and I often hear you know when people say um He's one of us. One of us means that not that we ate the same way or, you know, the same brands or the same, you know, substance is that we have, that I have this abnormal reaction. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting that it goes on to say is that, you know, I, I thought that I treated, I thought that the treatment for this reaction that I get was abstinence. And it doesn't say that. It says there is no treatment. No treatment whatsoever. So So this is not... You know, a lot of people spending $30,000, $50,000 to go to a treatment center is saying there is no treatment. What we have is relief, the only relief we have. That means that so the condition is there, gets worse, never better, and the only relief we have from it is by, by, by abstaining from these substances entirely, right? So I have to remember, like, I came over as anonymous. I didn't look like a lot of other people, uh, but I'll tell you what, in my mind, right i was I was every every bit of these different categories these different categories that they display. I should out of every other one of these yesterday, right? Because the other problem I have is I have a mind. I have this I have this physical, untreatable, uh, uh, progressive illness that gets worse, never better, combined with a mental issue that tells me I don't have that problem. Right? Which, is why, which is why I need grace, which is why I need mercy, which is why I need to use these steps to connect with the God of my understanding, get abstinent, and stay abstinent. Because without that, I have no relief. There's no relief. I'm, I, will, I will always, forever, have this physical allergy. And today, I abstain right, by God's grace and mercy, and I'm super grateful. Craig, you're doing a great job, and with that, I'll pass.
1: Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the confidence. All right. Next up, we have Candice C, followed by Leah M.
6: Hi, this is Candice B from the the UK. Um, I um, yes, I, I, I probably can't add an awful awful lot to what other people have said, but um, certainly I can, you know, relate to the. All sorts of, of areas like um this manic depression, and, um and all all the rest of it. Um, but I hid it very very well because um you know people pleasing is part of my disease as well. Um, but um yeah, I, it, it's interesting though because um again the unifying factor is the phenomenon of, phenomenon of craving that kicks in, which is you know the most recent scientific research just underlines and um, corroborates the fact that uh, dr selkworth was absolutely right um you know it's a genetic condition that we have and it absolutely we are bodily different he knew it without having the necessarily all the science facts behind it and we don't really need to go into that because it's absolutely proven time after time that this is exactly what happens and i know from my perspective as a um former bulimic and anorexic I never ever set out to binge I never ever ate um, things in restaurants Uh, my intention was to never touch the stuff it was poisonous I hated it Um, all this stuff that you know a lot of different types of overeaters um, actively pursued Um, but I was ingesting stuff in diet food and crisp breads that triggered my uh, craving and there I was thinking what the hell am I doing picking up this stuff stuffing myself until I was fit to burst and um, acting like an animal um, so you know no matter what our stories are if this substance has an effect on the body that causes us to um, pursue like an animal this stuff and that is exactly how I was um, then uh, you know we are all unified in the fact that uh, we have this, this problem um, and the only way to sort it is to get the toxins out of our body so that we stand a fighting chance. But of course as we've said it is the it's one leg of the stool. Um, we need to be able to get that out of the body so that we are in a position to work through the steps, work on the um, uh, the mental obsession and of course the spiritual uh, remedy that needs to be addressed that vital, absolutely vital part of of all three so um, grateful to be able to um, read this again today and um, I'll pass with that thank you
1: okay thank you very much Uh, now we have Raya M followed by Kate B
0: Thank you for your service. Oh, I didn't want to be one. I did not want to be a real compulsive over overeater, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. I did not want to be one. I did not. But all I had to do, you know... <laughs> Um, after being crushed by this illness was look at my history, look at the years I had spent mangled by this illness, my history, my history, but I didn't want to be one, you know, and that that illustrates uh, addiction, right, if you have cancer, you accept you have cancer, if you have AIDS, you accept you have AIDS, if you're blind, you accept that you are blind, if you're crippled and cannot walk, you accept you're crippled and cannot walk, Addiction is different for people. You know, we have a a whole uh, life ahead that could be renewed. And all those suggestions are given and, you know, uh, uh, directions are given that could arrest this illness. People who are real compulsive overeaters, people like me who could start a whole new life, we don't have the enthusiasm to uh, pursue this. You know, we may act like compulsive overeaters. We may look like compulsive overeaters. We may have histories of compulsive overeating. Yet you know, our mind says I'm not really a compulsive overeater, therefore I don't have to do those things until I was crushed, until I was bloodied. And I had to humble myself by taking this step. Because if I thought I had the power over food and over disease, then I did not need to believe in a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity and the first part was to look at this page Who am I who I say I am do I have this phenomenon of craving check I do is the only relief Uh, For me, entire abstinence, to start this program of recovery with entire abstinence, that means I have to refrain from compulsive overeating. I have to be in as clear and as sober state of sobriety, food sobriety, as an alcoholic has to be with alcohol. There can be no compromises with my ingredients, no compromises with those substances, no middle ground. Otherwise, I am triggering the phenomenon of craving. And once I ingest it, it's like taking a match and throwing it into a bucket of gasoline. Whoosh! So I entirely abstain from foods that trigger me physically. And for me, once again, any amount of binge foods in my body was like taking a match and throwing it in a bucket of gasoline. I knew that. I. No one had to tell me that. I had the sensation. I knew that. I had that red ding, 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 lights go off and bells go off in my body. I cannot safely eat those substances. They had to go down. And then I was ready to embark on this program of recovery, which was was going to attend to the greater aspect of my disease, the obsession of the mind. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Leia. Okay, we're running close on time here, so we have about three minutes left. So, Kate B and and Monica C are still left in the queue. Kate, uh, take us away and maybe uh, be brief if you can. Thank you.
15: Thanks, Craig. This is Kate B from Minnesota, recovered compulsive overeater, and I will be brief. Uh, I will just focus on the last two sentences. Um, You know, it has never been by any treatment, and when I look up the definition of treatment, I work at medical care, administration of a dose of medicine, but it also defines treatment as something done enthusiastically or extreme degree. And this treatment has never worked for me. This enthusiastic and extreme degree is something that I went to from every aspect of uh, compulsive overeating to restriction to exercise bulimia to every diet, every pill, and even bodybuilding, just to try to control my disease, because I thought I could control it with each and every one of those and more. And then I look at the next part, permanently eradicated. It has never been permanently eradicated. And what is that defined as? Permanently eradicated is completely destroyed or removed from existence. My disease is never destroyed. It is never removed from my existence for as long as I live. And I had to admit that to myself. I had to work through the steps and realize how powerless I was with my disease. I also, like Leah, did not want to admit that I was a compulsive overeater. But today I'm grateful for it. Today I am so grateful that I'm walking this road with all of you and, and, and looking at the solution. The last sentence is the solution. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. And I want to define this and then I'll pass. Entire abstinence. Entire with no part left out. And abstinence choosing not to eat alcoholic foods. With no part left out, there's so much for all of us that defines our abstinence differently. And you have to walk through these steps and realize what God is showing you and how he is defining your abstinence and entirely, with no part left out, with all the willingness, honesty that you can muster, walk through these steps because the freedom on the other side is there and I have it. And I'm so grateful today to be able to call myself a recovered compulsive overeater. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. God bless you all.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm I'm sorry, Monica, but we're going to be out of time. Uh, Maybe you can catch the second hour uh, meeting. Um, All right. Uh, Thank you to everybody who shared today. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting that we're just now concluding is 123. That's 12,442 for today, which is January the 21st, 2019. Um, We're now going to close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Well, Jen A., please uh, read for us uh, from the vision for you.
4: Thanks, Craig. Good morning. Jen A. Recovered in Colorado.